Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Well, 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 we have been controversial lately, haven't we? Well, apparently, I've gotten so many messages lately on my SpeakPipe and also on Facebook and Twitter and just about everywhere else where you're able to connect with me. And thank you so much. I like that we are opening up conversations, but I do want to say this. And and by the way, what I'm referring to is just about any time I have somebody on the show who's an expert in their particular lifestyle with regard to diet, I get a backlash. Like there are people who say, I can't believe you would have somebody on your show who is promoting um, eating meat. Or I get people furious that I would have anyone on the show who would say, eat white rice and um, you can eat fruit. You know, I, I, I just want you to know this. I'm not here to endorse any particular lifestyle. But what I do want, my goal, is to bring you experts on topics that I'm curious about because I, I, you're my lifer. So we're both curious about similar things, right? And I feel like it's my job to have an open mind and to ask the questions that someone might ask who's just a little bit curious, who wants to know more, who wants to be a critical thinker and make decisions for themselves. It doesn't mean that I endorse any one particular lifestyle or definition of success. I've had authors and experts not related to diet, just related to lifestyle, who I don't necessarily agree with the way they've defined success or the way they've lived their lives. I don't have to agree with someone to bring them on the show. I just want to bring them on the show and ask the questions that I think you have. And our guest today, I don't necessarily ag- agree with the way she has designed her life and how she defines success. But I know there are people out there who this show is going to be very liberating. Her honesty and her vulnerability and just being able to say, it was, it's not right for me. I know that people are going to say, oh, no, that's wrong. That's not how a mom is supposed to think. I'm going to ask the questions. It's up to you to decide what's right for you. And the same is true, whether it's a diet expert or lifestyle or goal setting. I'm here to ask the questions. I want you to do your own critical thinking. And if that doesn't sit well with you, that's okay. I love you. You've got better things to do. You don't have to listen to The Shaleen Show. You could go listen to Build Your Tribe. I'm very opinionated on Build Your Tribe. On The Shaleen Show, I like to have an open mind and bring experts to you and let you make your own decisions. On Build Your Tribe, I am quite opinionated. By the way, that show has been resurrected, and it is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, I know. I'm releasing five episodes a week. They're brief. I'm just answering questions of my Marketing Impact Academy students and others who are building their business online. If you haven't checked that out, please do. Okay, let's talk about today's guest. It's Pernilla Spears-Lopez. Now, she's awesome. She's an international business leader, and she's the former president and CEO of IKEA North America. She's originally from Denmark. You'll hear her like adorable accent. It's super cool. She was, you know, just born to be an entrepreneur, born to be a leader. She was a top executive at one of the world's most well-known brands. And she really, I mean, she just felt like she was living her purpose by becoming an advocate in corporate America for not just gender equality, but everybody's improved balance of work and life and advocating for employees. And interestingly enough, while she's working to help people have this work-life balance, hers got very out of balance as she's going to share that story with you in this episode. 
Now she travels the world speaking on topics related to leadership and, and sharing what it really means to truly design your life, like defining what success means for you. And I think you're going to be shocked by some of her very, very honest statements about what it meant to her to be the best mom that she could be. Some of you are going to disagree, and some of you are going to find this very liberating. She is honest, at least more honest than I've ever heard a working mom. Now, as with many topics on The Shalene Show, I like to present to you a variety of perspectives. Now, Pranilla obviously has spent her, her children's lives in corporate America. But next week on The Shalene Show, we're going to talk to parents who, who actually believe that the best way to honor your children is to be home with them. I want you to make the decision that's right for you. And I think I've done a pretty good job of sharing with you my priorities and my definition of success, but I hope you know that doesn't necessarily have to be yours. Her book is entitled Design Your Life. And what you're going to take away from this message is that the design has to be based on your own definition. It's your life. And sometimes in order to be the best architect possible, we have to be honest with ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, Pernilla Spears Lopez. Pernilla, Chalene, are you there? I'm here. I am too, and I'm so excited about this conversation. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. We have a lot of lifers who they write to me and they send me messages. I have this like little widget on my website. It's called a speak pipe. It's a really cool thing. And you, you pay for this little widget to be installed on your website. And it gives people this opportunity to leave you a voicemail, which they can do anonymously, or they can leave it with their email address. And I get these super cool, heartfelt, honest voicemails. It's one of my favorite things to check. And I oftentimes will hear people who say to me, I love my job. I love what I do. And I feel like, Shaleen, you're trying to tell me I should leave my job and find my passion, but I believe my, my job is my passion. And so first, I want to clear it up and say, I just want you to find your passion, whether that is serving other people in an organization or through your own business. But that is very much why I, it was important to me to bring you on the show, because I think you really have embodied that. Well, I do think that uh, it is so important to live the life that you really want to live. And, and I think uh, what it all starts with figuring out what it is that your life really should, what, what, what kind of life do you really want to have and then build it from there. And it does, and it, that you take ownership for it. Um, I think a key as well is that if you are happy in your job, that is great. Uh, but I also would say I was very happy for many, many years in my job. And then it got to a point where I actually maybe overdid it mm. and lost other parts of my life. I can certainly understand that coming from a personal experience of I was doing everything that I love and gives me purpose, but I just, I didn't know how to put on the brakes. Perfectly. Yes. That's how it ended with me. I always felt like what started with a, a passion, actually, at some point, I think there is a point where it comes close to an addiction. I wanted yeah. more of that all the time. And I said, yes, yes, yes. And at some point. I was like over yes, and uh, the big challenge was actually to say no because I didn't want to lose out on more exciting things. I think for many people who hit that point, um, there might be a moment where it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, but in looking back at those times, were there many signs that were leading up to the fact that this is becoming too much? 
The challenge is that I think it actually happens over a very long period of time. And I think you just keep on adding on more and more and saying yes to more and more. And when I think back, I would say that I was just in complete denial because there was many people around me that said, aren't you working too much? Aren't you traveling too much? How do you make it work? Are your children not missing you? Um, blah, blah. And, and the list just went on. And I was like, no, no, no. And, uh, and, and I, I, I really realized that uh, when I, there was a point where I physically really was just uh, feeling it. That was, I think, when it physically hit me and I was taken to, in an ambulance to the hospital um, because I thought I was having an anxiety or a head, heart attack, um, that was a time where I kind of realized for the first time, wow, this can go really wrong. Um, what unfortunately happened is that the next, when it, when I realized it wasn't a heart attack, I went back right out and said, Oh, good. It wasn't a heart attack and went on for probably <laughs> another year until at some point I sat in a uh, personal development with a group of people, uh, in Stockholm, Sweden with a woman that had the, the insight to keep on looking at me and how I would behave, how I was behaving. And she kept on saying to me, why have you been in this? program for the last, you know, three days, we have another two days left, and you are only leaning in, never leaning back. What is that about? Mm. And I was like, oh my, now she's lo- she's got me. <laughs> Truth was, it was easier for me to focus on other people than myself. Ah, yes. So let's go back to that, because um, I, I want people to realize you don't have to have a car accident. You don't have to have an ambulance pulling up to your front door for you to realize it's time to take inventory. And one of the things you just said reminded me of uh, something I want everyone to be aware of is that people will keep trying to hold a mirror up to you. They will keep saying, aren't you tired? Don't, don't your children miss you? Don't, do, where do you get the energy? And they're saying these things in kind of a loving, almost complimentary way, but if you notice that they keep coming up, I, I think that's a really big sign that people are trying to lovingly hold a mirror in front of you and say, this is superhuman and it, you, you can't keep going. And you know what? I think that that is, I, I totally agree. I, I will say, though, that one of the things that I felt and, and I, I, when I am looking at other people, I try to do it slightly different. You're right. They do it out of loving and caring, but they also are looking at you through their own lens. And and so the whole thing about, you know, if you're traveling or working a lot, at the time when I was at the height of my career and, and, and really growing in my job was when I also realized there were very few people, and specifically in Pittsburgh, where women were, you know, in, in where we were working. So I think there was a lot of how can you do this almost to your children? And then, of course, for me, I kind of said, it will work. I mean, my kids will grow up. I'm a good, I'm trying to be a good mom, et cetera. Et cetera. So I think at the time, I, it, it's, I think it, when we are advising or, or, or when we want to give other people that, you know, put up a mirror and so forth, make sure that we don't do it too much with our own lenses, because I think from my own perspective, then that was hard for me. And I kind of wanted to prove the opposite. Mm. So I, I really try to be mindful of that myself. But I have a couple of friends that are at that level. They have small children. They are very, very busy at work. They are keeping it all going. So what advice if, if you could be very, very honest with them and just plant an idea 
in their heads that also allows them to feel loved and supported and not judged, what would advice would you ask them to consider? I would ask them to consider based on my own experience and what I didn't know, but what I know now is considering that, yes, you can have it all, but it is just hard to do everything at, you know, running your life on all cylinders all the time at the highest level of perfection. Mm. And, and that we are in such a hurry to be, you know, master perfection in at home, at work, as wives, as friends, as daughters, as, you know, everything. And, and we really try to do it in a very short, like from we are mid thirties to we are in the mid forties. And I'm just saying that, you know, is there something that you can say, maybe I can let go of this mm-hmm. because maybe that isn't so important. Um, and, and I didn't have that insight myself. So I wouldn't say, why don't you do this or why don't you do, but, but, but just consider, do you really need to run on all cylinders all the time and keep on? What could you possibly see no to? but, you know, now, or yes, but not now. Which you heard that too, though, and I heard that too. And I would um, deceive myself and say, I'm not running on all four cylinders. I am saying, because no, I, could, I could show you things that I had said no to. And so I could always justify uh, to myself and to others that I was saying no and that I wasn't running on all four cylinders, even though I was. And that is true. I, I, and I think there was somebody that at one point said to me, uh, I, I talked to, to a group of women in Italy that were, I think they had an even tougher time in, in their lives because it's, it's, it's tough to be a, a female business leader in Italy. But anyway, they said they actually had a couple of people in their world that they felt really worried about. And what was my advice? Mm-hmm. And, and in some way, I think you're right. We were not listening. And you have to experience it on your own. So a big thing is just to be there and watch and be there as a support. When there's something that happens that you're there and can say, okay, you know, I'm here for you and, and, and uh, let's work, you know. So, but I would actually, I, I will say to you that I, I, I really was terrible at saying no. And, and, uh, and, and people didn't really uh, say what, you know, they didn't really challenge me to say, no to one thing or the other, they were really kind of just questioning my whole, ex- you know, my whole world. <laughs> and I think that was the tough part. If there was, if there was something about one or two things, maybe I would have been more, uh, uh, but it is difficult when you're in that mode. It is your, it's sort of like, a, it, it's like a, a really important time of your life. A lot of things come together. And I think if we can just be aware of that, it's a very, very hectic time of life and that for a period of time is okay. Delegate as much as you can if there is people that in your life that you can delegate to trust other people. I, 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 I know one thing I, I did was I, I trusted other people with my children. And I know for some of my friends and, and colleagues that has been very difficult that, you know, not being there all the time and, and having someone you know, help you out at night or when you're traveling or, you know, it's just difficult. Um, and so uh, that was one thing that I know I, I thought my kids would actually sometime even be more open to others if, if I was also allowing them to spend time with different, you know, people that I trust or that we trusted. And they certainly spent, you know, a great amount of time. I trusted my husband and I always knew that he was probably a better parent than I was. <laughs> 
So, so that was uh, that was an easy one. But so, let me just ask that question, um, and I want to get back to learning to say no. But um, you know, from a parent's perspective, uh, was that was your husband with your kids more so? Because it sounds like from the life that you've described, you could never see your kids. I saw my kids plenty. That's uh, and I, I really learned how to prioritize. Also, I realized that I could prioritize my travel. I could take some ownership of if I got the calendar of my children and what their big events mm. were. Mm-hmm. And I also commuted a lot. So I worked a lot from home and then I did travel two, three days a week. But then I was also weeks where I was home for a number of, I could take the children to school. And when I was a store manager, I worked a lot on the weekend. So I was off during the week where I could then spend t- different time. So I feel like I always uh, prioritized the time with them. But of course, it wasn't the same as many of the other moms. And my husband was quite unique. I mean, he <laughs> is, and still is. I mean, he's he's an educator and have always prioritized kids in his life and certainly started out with our own kids. So we have had a really great support system with each other. And uh, we're both passionate about what we do. And we've been able to, you know, give that freedom to each other and then support each other in making it work for our family and our children. I appreciate that very honest reply. Do you think that your priorities would have needed to be different? If your husband, for example, was in a position where he was traveling and and his work was very demanding and he wasn't the type of dad that you've described that was kind of like less hands-on and less interested in the kids, would that have changed your priorities or would it just have made you more concerned with the people your kids were with? How would you have handled that? It's, of course, difficult, but I, I will have to say there is no way I could have done what I have done without knowing how my husband is with our children mm-hmm. and how I trusted, you know, and, and how we trusted each other that way. If, if he had been traveling and, and had the same type of life, I, I, first of all, I, I think you have to really question, you know, um, you know, how, what, what is most important and how can you make it work? And, and I think you, you just have to, I'm not saying that you have to take turns and, and sacrifice, but I think as a couple, you have to really figure out what is it that's important to us and how do we then go about it? And, and if, if you have kids, I mean, you know, it, it is important that the kids uh, are, you know, a priority because, you know, we are responsible for them. They and we don't know, get a do-over. <laughs> we don't get to do, yeah. And, 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 you know, many jobs are there when we are, in a, you know, when we have overcome some of those first years with children or when the kids get older. And I see so many people that are, just doing great, even if they've been home for a number of years. It's it's not the end of the world. And, and uh, so, yes, I think that we would have prioritized differently. And, and I certainly um, believe that um, one of the important, you know, yes, it's important to find a great job and a great career in your life. But I would say the most important decision you make in your life is really who you marry and have children with. Amen. Hallelujah. And you and Jason have been married for 25 years. Congratulations. And I'm glad that you clarified that because I always ask people never to measure themselves against someone else. There's so many circumstances and and particulars you're just not aware of. And so, you know, your honesty in saying this would have looked very different if I hadn't married the man I had married is, I think, very refreshing. And it's important for people to hear. Now, when you first um, were entering into the job market and I 
I know you came up through the ranks working retail. Can you speak to, and maybe this wasn't the case, but was there ever a, an uncomfortable transition? You've been married for 25 years in that relationship of power because you became someone who was you know, very well known and um, obviously the breadwinner and had this very prestigious job. Was that a difficult transition for the two of you as a couple? I would have to say no. He knew me very well and I knew him and, and I knew him uh, going through, you know, his first teaching job. And, and, and so when we got married and or before we got married, we actually realized that, okay, so he said, if you want to marry me or if we're going to get married, you have to realize I will always be a teacher and I'm not, never going to make a lot of money. And I said, and I always want to be in business and I really love to be part of uh, the business world and, and, and be part of change and have impacts wherever I am. And he's like, good. And we both sort of like agreed that that was what we were going to be about. And so my husband has never ever felt uncomfortable that he, you know, were the, the, the stay at home for a couple of months when we were first in Pittsburgh. Um, he was perfectly fine with that. He has always been fine with me making more money. And, you know, it's interesting because now the table has turned and this teacher who, you know, said that I'm never going to make much money is, is now head of a school here in, in Orange County and, mm -hmm. and is doing quite well and gives me an opportunity to kind of do something slightly different and not be so focused on be the breadwinner and, and, and really, you know, getting kids through college and, and so forth. But, but so important to really find the right partner in your life and, and, and what you want with your life rather than just go ahead and one job leads to the next, to the next without stopping and actually figuring out. Mm, yeah. What one trait would you say you hope not to have passed on to your daughter? Mm, one trait I would not. I would say, you know, this whole thing about just trying to do it all at, at such level of perfection. Um, I, I think the quicker that we can embrace imperfection, the, the, the more free, you know, we can actually feel. What does that mean to embrace imperfection? I mean, because we all know we have them and we spend so much time trying to, I guess, cover them up. But what does that mean to embrace them? It just means that it is okay that I am not a perfect mother. It is okay that I'm not a perfect employee. It is per I am not a perfect wife. Mm -hmm. And, and, and to just when you hear criticism or when you hear people give you feedback or say, you, oh, you're not good at this. Then I have for years tried to figure out why am I not good at that? Mm. Instead of just letting it go and say, you're right. I'm not good at that. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, it's been very tiring. And, and, uh, and it was so interesting because I had this, uh, I did this retreat for, uh, women when I was responsible for IKEA North America, I connected 16 women and we went on, you know, that were all kind of like at a very high positions, but we were all, I guess everybody was really thinking, okay, this is as high as I can ever get. So this is it. And I always felt like, why is it that they were feeling they, they, you know, couldn't do more because obviously they could. So we, we, we created this retreat and it was every six to eight weeks. They, we met from, uh, for, and the company certainly paid for it. And, and they, we met from Tuesday at noon to Thursday at noon at a beautiful farm. And we did that for almost two years. And I remember sitting with these, we were four very ambitious women. 
all mothers, and we had to put on the table what was our biggest priority, and there was these cards. And everyone put their family first. Mm -hmm. And then they came to me and I said, you know what? I can't do it. Because if my family came first, would I live this kind of life? And, and so what did come first, it was that self-fulfilling. Like I had to do something that really was important to me so I could do, be better for others. But it was the hardest thing and it created this. And then all of us sat for hours and talked about that maybe we were all living in the illusion that we were these perfect mothers and mm. that we would just work harder and harder and harder on being these instead of just accepting, come on, we're different kind of mothers, <laughs> you know. And, and we were laughing about that because you have no idea to put that in our, in our, in our, our mouth and say those words yeah. was like, oh my goodness, who have we been fooling? Only ourselves. Because of course our kids look at us and go, my mother is far from perfect. Your husband looks at you and go, yeah, she's far from perfect. And, and it's just, and I know now it is becoming sort of like, yeah, we all know we're imperfect. But to actually, when someone say, oh, so you're not good at that, not try to argue and say, ah, oh, no, you're right. I'm terrible at that. And I don't really like to do it. Wow. Yeah, I think that's really empowering. And I think that's part of your message is that the life that you design has to be a good life for you. And sometimes we have to remove labels or expectations that society places on us and, and really come from a place that's our own design. So what does that mean? Like specifically when it comes to mothers and working mothers, what do you think that means? Well, I think it means that, you know, you can be a good mother, even if you're not home every night reading them stories and, you know, and tucking them into bed. Um, that our children will survive even if we're not there every night. Could you say that, though, if you didn't have your husband there, or is that part of the design? I do. I, I would say that it certainly helped me that my husband was there. But mm. we had, I, I mean, we specifically had a, a nanny for four years, Michelle. She was amazing. She was like, you know, Mary Puppins. And, and uh, today she's running her own uh Childcare in it. She was phenomenal. And our <laughs> kids really, you know, when she was there, it wasn't like they were, you know, very sad that mom wasn't there. They were also sometimes happy that she was there. And so between my husband and, and, and myself and, and Michelle, and we had a number of great, great nannies over the years. And I think it, it also means that you have to give up that your kids love others than you. And I think that was hard. You know, it's hard when I guess as a young mom, mm -hmm. it's hard when you see your daughter, you know, run over to somebody else mm -hmm. uh, for something, you know, and just accept that it's all right. It's all right. That doesn't mean that she doesn't love me. It just means that right now she, you know, wants Michelle or she wants my husband or she wants my mother-in-law or, and, and I think this, uh, you know, just not be, you know, so insecure about that if they love others, they won't love us and that mothers don't always have to get all the attention or we don't have to take all the attention. And I know you have a wonderful relationship with your daughter. Um, you're doing these great business endeavors together. Your son, Sebastian, is now 21. Is your daughter's name pronounced Sign? Sina. Sina. Beautiful. Beautiful name, by the way. Do you ever fear or have you talked to her about that expectation that she's going to have to be as successful as mom or that she needs to follow in mom's footsteps or or how she's going to measure up to mom's success? I have been 
with both my kids. I think both Jason and I have been from even when they were in school. Jason and I were both very hardworking in school, and we were, you know, I I had to work very. Both of us had to work very hard hard for good grades. But we were, you know, had this, you know, wanting to to do well, and and it was also expected from from our parents and 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 all of that. And I think we have both instilled to our children that their measurement of success is not us and that they need to find in themselves what they will be happy with and uh, and what they are interested in doing. And it has also meant that, yeah, we accepted at times that they weren't having the best grades and that uh, that you know, they are not necessarily, you know, that they were not top students and they both have done well. Um, but, you know, we didn't want to be constantly about that. I uh, get that. We, I get and, that. Uh, that balance so is great. We, for us, it was more about each one of them develop their individual. And, and when they went to college, we sat down with them and they talked about their essays they had to write and really kind of talk about like, what kind of life do you want? What kind of experience are you looking for? And my daughter, uh, Sina, went to um, uh, LMU, and, and that was a school that really fit her because they really are all about developing the, the, the person in a bigger community. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so and, and our son has taken a, you know, different route. He's never been that greatly interested in school. And, and but he is, it's not that he's not, he's an incredible learner. And today he just recently got promoted. He, at an early age of 21, he's running his own retail store. And we did not really even think that that was what he wow. wanted. But he loves fashion. He loves um, interaction with people. And, and uh, so I think, and they actually live together. And they actually, Oh, how awesome is that? And they pushed us to come out here because this is where they were both born but never lived here. So now we are out here as a family and, and uh, it's just fun to watch them and, and to, to answer your question. No, they know they do not need to be, uh, th- their success is in what they believe success is. We are not going to measure it in how, how they are like us. That is really outstanding. Well, it has been such an honor to have this opportunity to speak with you. And, and for your honesty, I thank you. And I know that people are going to get so much by visiting your website. So I, I want to suggest that people go to goodlifedesigned.com. You've got great resources there. Um, I love the section you have on the toolbox. That's so cool. It's a great website, by the way. Oh, thank you. And of course, to check out your book, Design Your Life. Penella, it's been a wonderful opportunity to get to know you. Thank you so much for being on The Shaleen Show. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I know there's a lot of people out there, your lifers, and, and I just, I'm so, I think it's great that they are all taking on their responsibility and creating good lives for themselves. That's you know it. Uh, yes, thank you. Lifers, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I am eternally grateful. I got so many reviews from you this week. Do you think it was because of the love letter episode? If you didn't listen to that one, and it's the weekend and you want to get lucky. No, just kidding. Because actually we got some really amazingly emotional voicemail messages from people who ended up writing love letters to somebody who had passed. Oh my gosh, I was just like bawling my eyes out listening to the speak pipe messages. They were just so touching and beautiful, so thank you. Um, But what was I saying? Oh yeah, 
then you started writing me love letters. So thank you for all of the reviews that you wrote on iTunes this week. I, I'm not kidding. There's not that many that come in. It's enough for me to just get excited each morning and wake up and uh, read your love notes. So thank you so much for your reviews. And of course, as always, you can leave me your thoughts on this episode by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. In case I haven't said it recently, I love you and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I, I just, I, I'm sure you can tell how much I love doing this. I, I love sharing with you and getting your feedback and it, it just, it, I feel like it's such a blessing that so many of you tell me it's the first thing you do when you get in your car or when you go for a walk and you really look forward to these podcasts. So I just want to tell you that means the world to me and, and you are amazing. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is, while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337, and that is for U.S. residents. Then just send me the word confidence, and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you want to be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.